We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Tuesday, November 22nd edition of the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, the pre-Thanksgiving waiver wire edition of the show. We got obviously a couple of running backs here and wide receivers. I think a light overall waiver wire period, but some top guys that we'll discuss. We'll hit that here after the break. So just stick around and we'll get things going. Again, welcome to the Tuesday, November 22nd edition of the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, sponsor, sponsored by Nahas Advantage. You can follow me at JB Fantasy Sports. Obviously, Joe Bart alongside me, as always, Jake Tarski at Roto Jake. Week 12 waiver wire. Uh, no bye weeks, right, Jake? I think this is uh, our first mm-hmm. no bye week. But then we have it 13 and 14 yet, so it's still confusing. Yeah, That's yeah, it's a real tough week. So obviously, Thanksgiving, everyone's playing this week. So um, things like QB streams, streaming defenses aren't going to be real heavy, but there are multiple teams on bye. I think the Cardinals have a week 13 bye, and then there's like four or five teams mm-hmm. with a week 14 bye, which, of course, your standard setup is to have playoffs weeks 15, 16, and 17. So having a week 14 bye when uh, when it's really difficult, when you're trying to get into the playoffs or trying to squeeze into the playoffs is going to prove a challenge. So we have a couple players that have pretty favorable rest-of-season outlooks we're going to run down for you today and hopefully uh, help you look ahead here. And uh, also, you know, I was just listening to Alan and Jeff's uh, sneaky ads. They mentioned being careful and looking ahead before you drop players too. Uh, you know, you might want to look ahead to those week 13 and 14 weeks where, um, you know, you could be put in a tough spot. I know Jonathan Taylor owners, for example, right. you know, are going to be in a tough spot here later on this year. So uh, uh, as if they weren't already all season long. Right. So, so um, yeah, so there's a lot of helpful info we have for you guys today. And uh, and uh, hopefully we can get those playoff pushes across. Likely trade deadline for a lot of fantasy places as well, too, again, with weeks 13 to 14 by something to keep in mind. You know, everyone who's driving right now and listening uh, as they head to the holidays. Thank you. Try to get your waiver wires in before the Thursday games, which is obviously important. But I think for a lot of people, you're aware of it because there's three games on Thanksgiving. You're probably doing things anyway. So this might be one of the more listened to podcasts of the entire season as everyone's getting prepped for the week 12 yeah. waiver wire. Let's, e- uh, even the late deadlines are, are often pushed up to Wednesday. I yes. know our road yeah, wire yeah, yeah, invitational yeah. Mm-hmm. and our stake league and our dynasty deadlines are all pushed up here to Wednesday. So, uh, yeah, hopefully we got some names for you today. We'll talk about the uh, blowout game between the Niners and Cardinals Monday night matchup, uh, only because there's a little bit of fantasy, I think, 
waiver wire stuff that'll come from that first award from our sponsors. No House Advantage, No House Advantage is changing the game by offering the most dynamic fantasy sports platform available today, playing pickup contests versus other people for a shot at winning big cash prizes. Download the app, choose a contest, select your player props, earn points for a correct picks, and then climb the leaderboard for your shot at hundreds of thousands of dollars every week. You can also test your skills versus the house and 20x your entry if you hit all your picks. Bet on up to five player props, over-unders, or individual player matchups across every major sport, including NFL, NBA, MLB, PGA, MMA, and NASCAR. Uh, with promo code NHWIRE, that's N-H-W-I-R-E, at nohouseadvantage.com or download the app in the App Store to get a first deposit match up to $25. Make sure to check out your No House Advantage today and experience daily fantasy sports redefining because it's not just how you play, but also where you play. You won't want to miss out on this. All right, Niners win 38-10 against the Cardinals without Kyler Murray. Cardinals look like they gave up after what was that first George Kittle touchdown, certainly the second one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure if Cliff Kingsbury is going to enjoy his holidays much, but it's possible if he and General Manager Steve Kime are done by the end of the season, if not before then. That is a bad team. I think both of us took the under on their win totals to begin the season, and they have proved to be a bad team. Uh, and this was a showcase of their misery at New Mexico City. I guess yeah, yeah. I mean, you can you can rightfully take a victory lap there. I didn't think I didn't think the Cardinals were going to be great, but I also didn't think they were going to be this bad fighting with the Rams for the seller in that division. I mean, who would have thought? Um, but yeah, like you said, I mean, so you, of course you have Kyler Murray he misses a second straight week with a hamstring injury. We went to Colt McCoy. Colt McCoy was able to get a win against the Rams last week, and even early in this game, Colt McCoy looked. Decent. I mean, at mm-hmm. kickoff, it was downpouring. Yeah, Colt McCoy was still finding. Um, he was still Hopkins. finding DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. I think it was seven or eight catches in the first half for Hopkins. But then, as the game started to slip away, the team kind of just fell apart. And uh, you know, I think Hopkins only had one, one or two catches in the second half here. So, uh, and yes, yes, I did watch this game despite all the uh, the Maui Jim Maui Invitational and all these great college basketball tournaments on. Yeah, I took one for the early team up early for soccer too. That's yeah, exactly. I took one for the team for you guys and uh, and sat through this one here. Um, but yeah, you're right. It just seemed like things were falling apart. You know, once the uh, Cardinals got two scores behind, it was almost give up mode already. And you could definitely see that, like you said, on the second Kittle touchdown where Kittle had there were two defensive backs in front of him that could have attempted to make that tackle. They chose not to, and Kittle essentially walked right by them. So fantasy managers of Kittle can uh, thank the Cardinals' soft defense for that, as can fantasy managers of Brandon Ayuk. I came across one of my favorite mm-hmm. uh, fantasy team names this year. It was Ayuk and Rally. Was the uh, was was the fantasy team name? I love so. the team names because I'm so bad at them. I'm just Joe in every one of my 15 leagues, and it's like I'm just conceding that I suck at this kind of thing. The creativity is yeah. wonderful. I, I I will. I wish you got bonus points for really good names, not like mm-hmm. dumb sexual names, but fun ones like that one. That yeah. that's perfect. Yeah, so you know it's fun texting my friend. Hey, a pretty good week for you can rally this week, right? Because he gets his uh, he gets his. Um, uh, you know, his couple of touchdowns there. Even Debo had a good game, you know, you know, modest uh, receiving numbers, but he ran in a 39-yard score, looked great, looked explosive. I think it's safe to say that Debo is back. Uh, but with Jimmy G actually looking successful, uh, this team looking successful, it's a team that could probably be pretty dangerous in the playoffs here as we get moving here. There are plenty of fantasy assets here. So, um, but like you said, the, the waiver and uh, consequent. Well, okay, so there are two things that I want to talk about here before moving on. One, Elijah Mitchell got more carries than Christian McCaffrey. He got nine to his seven, uh, and you can give a couple reasons for that. One, you know, maybe it was a little bit of a blowout game. I can give you that. Two, you know, you probably want to keep McCaffrey healthy 
for, you know, like I said, that postseason run, right? So I could see them being a little conservative if they don't necessarily need to use McCaffrey. And, uh, you know, I'm looking at the snap counts here real quick. McCaffrey, 64.9%, and Elijah Mitchell, only 22.8%. So it's not like we're clearly not worried about McCaffrey losing his job here, but he's not going to be – with the Panthers, he was the only offense they had, you know, essentially with, you know, DJ Moore and, and Terrace Marshall being in the doghouse, not so much anymore, but, you know, DJ Moore and, and bad quarterback play for the Panthers too. It was pretty much relying on dump off screens and carries to McCaffrey here. The 49ers just have extra options. And, um, and while McCaffrey, I would still, if we were drafting rest of season today, I think I'd still take him in the first round. Yep. Um, I just, you know, that explains, you know, his lack of production here, you know, with Elijah Mitchell. We mentioned Mitchell it around. last week. It really, what this amounts to is CMC and Elijah Mitchell, I think, are startable. And maybe maybe that hurts the ceiling games for McCaffrey. But, I mean, what, two weeks ago, we had the, the passing, receiving, and rushing yeah. touchdown. I mean, mm-hmm. that offense is so good. Uh, and I think McCaffrey, yeah. so long as he's healthy, will continue to be good. Mm-hmm. And Elijah Mitchell, it's not just a backup to yeah. McCaffrey. I think he can It's be, a compliment. You uh, can say that. Like a, compliment. a flexor running back, too. Exactly. Yeah. And, and we could be having a very different conversation. I mean, McCaffrey. Jeffrey was burying. It looked like he had some open field in front of him. You know, he houses that screen. Uh, you know, we're talking about him being the number one overall pick rest of the season and, and sneaking into that territory for, for next year. I know you wanted to hit on the Cardinals receiver situation because, um, you know, Hollywood yeah. Brown, not quite ready to go. Rondell Moore, who I'm sure a lot of people started this week, mm-hmm. um, you know, given, you know, he had a pretty good game with Colt last week, at least in terms of volume. Rondell Moore, of course, given the opening carry of the game, went for nine minus six yards, injured his groin, did not return to the game. So I know a lot of people captained him in DFS showdown and were starting him this week. Um, and he ended up getting you negative points. So uh, so that's rough. You know, we'll see what's going on with him, given uh, they'll have a short week here, given the Monday night game, and the fact that, you know, he was never really – didn't seem close to coming back into that game. He was ruled out pretty quickly. So that opens up some things because you've got DeAndre Hopkins. Obviously, he's awesome. He popped up with a little injury this week, but it ended up – he ended up playing and active and being very useful, especially for you PPR guys. Hollywood Brown's going to come in and have a role – what are your thoughts on Greg Dortch, though, who come, who came in and um, really had high volume, effective in the return game? You know, looks like a solid player. Yeah, I was going to actually mention the return part. Sometimes there's there's leagues in which we play in where you get points for return yards, but more importantly, the return touchdowns. I thought he looked really dynamic there, and I I didn't really think about Greg Dortch in that way. Um, whereas I'll give credit to, to Vernay, who we'll talk about later on mm-hmm. from the wide receiver perspective, because he has that upside. Uh, if yep. you are in those leagues, I, I am interested in Dortch a little bit for for that purpose. He has good hands. That's what I noticed too. Yeah. You know, McCoy was throwing balls behind him and making him dive, and uh, Dortch was was finding a way to get under those balls that were poorly thrown and uh, was making the most of it. So uh, I think he is he's a good real life player. I mean, he passes the eye test. I do get a little bit worried about what happens when Nuke and Hollywood Brown are both back. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, Ertz being gone and maybe more even being gone. Uh, I, I think Dorch's value hinges on more hinges on more pretty pretty directly. Now we'll see. That's how it was early in the season when Moore was out. They didn't have you know DeAndre Hopkins, of course, early in that season. So it's hard to predict that stretch. And you know the tight end game. I know we recommended Trey McBride. You got I didn't a, have. I mean, that was that was okay. I had to start him in a few leagues. Four yeah, receptions. Yeah. You can work mm-hmm. with that. Yeah, so like it was, it wasn't the worst, uh, but yeah, four catches for 14 yards. 
at least he got four targets. You know, he's not going to get double digit targets like these, uh, like Dorch and Hopkins. I disregard AJ Green's nine targets because a lot of that junk happened time. in Garden mm-hmm. junk time, and a lot of it was with Trace McSorley at quarterback. You know, right. McCoy took a whole lot of hits in this game. You know, they didn't do a great job, uh, and he's not quite, quite, quite as elusive as Murray there uh, to be able to make up for some O line deficiencies. So, so yeah, Dorch is an interesting candidate. I picked him up, unfortunately, for Latavius Murray in a 12-team league because I was a little bit worried about whether Hopkins was going to play or not, mm-hmm. and I needed to have a backup plan in a must-win game. I might hang on to him for a little bit to see what's next here. I, I don't mind Dorch, I guess I'd say, and maybe from a dynasty perspective. I almost think back to the, the Dolphins when they had Wes Welker and then trade him to the Patriots. <laughs> Wes Welker was kind of a return guy, and special yeah. teams person, and Bill mm-hmm. Belichick and Brady turned into a whole lot more. Not that uh, yeah. any any team is savvy enough to make that mm-hmm. kind of move again. There's still three, four receivers out here, though, that I'd rather have from Dorch sure. than Dorch. Sure. I will get to later on, especially my boy Peoples-Jones, but we'll get to that in oh, due time. Oh, yes, yeah. The, the uh, Big Ten bias comes in once more. I guess I'm not ruling out Dorch um, from a face perspective. You know, the... I'm dead, dead, dead last in the Beat Joe Bartle Runaway Online Championship. Uh, I have had. Oh, great. Our support team is going to have to give out a lot of. Oh, a ton of them. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. But Jake, it's not my fault. I I have had 1,200 points scored against me. The next lowest is like Mm -hmm. at uh, 1,000 right around. I mean, it's absurd. Drafting Kyle Pitts is probably your fault. Drafting Kyle Pitts, Najee Harris. uh, It's been been bad. All right. I guess I'm I'm in desperate need of a wire sheet for two and three. And I, I would uh, not be the super upset if I had to start Greg Dorge next week. I'm not believing Hollywood Brown's going to come back. We'll have to see. Um, mm-hmm. Overall, a bad Monday Night Football game, which I guess we're kind of anticipating because the Cardinals are not good, but um, good from maybe a couple other uh, long-term things to kind of point out. So let's move over to the quarterback position. Uh, Deshaun Watson back next week. He's at 48% rostered. So if we don't really have a, a fruitful conversation, it's because we've been running people for weeks. This is going to be on the horizon here for Deshaun Watson. Yeah, yeah definitely a Deshaun Watson stash. If you're in need of a quarterback or – I so I have one. It's a it's a ten team, uh, two quarterback friends and family league that I got. I just I home run the draft, and my quarterbacks are Jalen or Jalen Hurts and Josh Allen. Um, and you know Josh Allen has that elbow thing that we're not really worried about. Right. But uh, the one thing that could derail that stellar team would be one of those quarterbacks going down. So I picked up Deshaun Watson as my bench stash as an insurance policy for that because I think he'll be more than serviceable in two quarterback leagues, maybe even one quarterback leagues. I know, uh, you know, for example. Uh, a lot of people are ready to cut bait with Matt Stafford. Uh, Justin Fields is day-to-day, and Deshaun Watson's a hell of a lot better pickup than uh, Trevor Simeon. So, Yeah. I mean, I think the we'll get to the two QBs, because you mentioned Stafford with the second concussion in, in what, 10 days, basically. Uh, backup John Wolford also having an injury, too. So there's there's some a complications with this. Said. I all those guys kind of stink, and I think are in the reason that we're in the two QB streamer part. So yeah. let, let's focus on the Mariotas and Matt Ryan, I think, in particular, going against the Steelers, who do have T.J. Watt back, but still got kind of decimated by Joe Burrow. You have Ryan Tannehill looking like he actually might be good, thanks to the Packers defense and Joe Barry. Keep getting us the top draft pick, Joe Barry. That's what we need. Uh, Taylor Heineke against the Falcons. You have Mac Jones against the Vikings, who got decimated mm-hmm. by the Cowboys. There's a lot of names yeah. But I, I think few interesting ones. So how are you kind of yeah, exactly? I mean, I'm still mildly interested in Heineke. Uh, for example, my Kyler Murray league, um, you know, we don't know what's going to happen with him this week. And of course, they have the buy the next week. So why not just Kyler? So it's a catch 22 for the Cardinals. You wait and get Kyler Murray right. Or while doing that, you dig yourself too big of a playoff hole and make it, you know, not matter in, in the end. They're necessarily. Basically out already. But uh, it's a four, deep 14 team league that, of course, I cut Justin Fields in after week three, uh, given how he looked. 
But I'm going to keep Heineke, and I'm probably going to start him this week. I know he's been a little bit underwhelming. The running game's gotten going. The defense was the one scoring points. But Atlanta's been, uh, you know, just bad in general this week. So something to go for. And also, um, I mean, I don't love Mac Jones, but 13%, he's got his receiving core. Uh, They're getting healthier. And um, they're at Minnesota, who just gave up 40 points to Dak and the Cowboys this past week. So, uh, you know, that's an option, too. Uh, Mariota's probably a little bit safer one, only 42% rostered. But uh, those are the guys you're looking at. But in all honesty, you're probably just going with your guy. I didn't see any quarterback well, any with overly, weeks, you know? overly devastating matchups. Yeah, there's no bye weeks here. So I guess I'll real quick run through the two quarterback guys. You know, we mentioned Colt McCoy. Um you know, while Murray deals with the hamstring injury, he's on the radar if you're desperate. The Texans coach, Lovey Smith, indicated that they may replace David Smills with uh, fifth-year player, former Carolina Panthers starter Kyle Allen. Um, doesn't really get me all that excited, but it's a two-quarterback league relevant nonetheless. I alluded to earlier that Fields is day-to-day with a shoulder injury. I believe the Bears play on Thanksgiving. I got to double-check that. Um, no, I'm not positive so. on that. But um, no, they don't play. It's yeah. the Lions. We're, I mean, we're, if, 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 mm-hmm. it's the Lions and Vikings. Yeah, I was going to say. I knew there were two NFC yeah, North yeah, teams yeah. that played on Thanksgiving, but I wasn't sure. So Fields is probably safe to wait Can out. Can we mention what he's day to day with though? Uh, not a shoulder injury, dislocated left shoulder, and that's not his throwing shoulder, right? But I mean, like that. So I don't know if you watched that game. So uh, mm-hmm. for those of you that are not in the mass, I just caught the red zone highlights. With we were a privileged, bit of a nap in the privileged with the Bears, Falcons, and then it was uh, another stinker of a, uh, I the whatever. There, there are two really bad games on. So I'm like flipping back and forth, like, geez, I just and I don't have the red zone, so I should be uh, more. And I kept watching that Falcons Bears game because obviously there's more offense involved. And thinking they're using him just the same way the Panthers use Cam Newton. And I know people are like, oh, well, Cam Newton was great for fantasy. And Cam Newton was really good. And yes, the Panthers got to the Super Bowl. <laughs> but my concern was, no, that, that was the whole reason mm-hmm. Cam Newton fell off was because we were yeah. utilizing him. as a, So as basically a, Fields will have a six-year career and then fall off because he's too injured. I'm worried. <laughs> that was that was not a good uh, mm-hmm. showcase from a dynasty perspective well, for Fields. Him running on third and long, which they find themselves in often, you know, uh, him running on third and long is pretty much their best bet for getting a first down. And you can only lean into so many hits, especially when your shoulder's not in its socket. Mm-hmm. So, that, yeah, that's a little bit worrisome there for Fields. So uh, definitely one to watch for. And um, Stafford might be droppable if you can afford it here because you can almost guarantee he's missing the upcoming week. Maybe after that, even when he does come back, the Rams will be out of playoff contention and not have Cooper Cup. So, I mean – I could very much, um, I could very much see Stafford getting dropped this week. Yeah, it's it's tough. I think uh, there's been a decent amount of injuries to that quarterback seven through fourteen tier of guys where you're only left with a handful of options that you trust, and there aren't as many clear streamers because everyone in the NFL is bad. So it's not like oh, let's just go target the Texans or. Jets or Commanders were all kind of in that same tier because you had mentioned it. Tannehill against the Bengals, okay, maybe Heineke against the Falcons, sure, I, I guess you can see it. Mac Jones against the Vikings, I don't know. I mean, that's it. Feels like every week we've been doing the show now for mm-hmm. for three months, and, and we're running into these same ones. Yeah. It's the same guys that play. are either. Well, I mean, if you look at the ownership, at least uh, across Yahoo, Mariota's just under our threshold at forty two percent. Every other option, sixteen percent or under. You know, because there's right. so many of these junk two quarterback league guys that, you know, are going to change every single week. The Saints don't know if it's going to be Dalton or Jameis. You know, we have to have that conversation. The Jets could, if the Jets want to make the playoffs, Joe Flacco would start. You know, that's a good point, too. I didn't I didn't note that in here, but it's, it's got to be real tough for Salah Flacco to trot Wilson out there, especially after he lost the locker room. I don't even know if it's Flacco. It might be Mike White 
next up for them. <laughs> well, Flacco was leading the league or close to it in passing yards for the first three weeks of the season. Mm-hmm. When Zach Wilson yeah, was out. and then I know right. I, I haven't done the Jets inactives for a few weeks now, but uh, I know they were keeping Mike White up on the Jet active roster with Flacco inactive. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's the situation to watch for here because – yeah, I don't know. The Jets are serious about making the playoffs and contending, and it's going to be time for a change there. The Flacco one actually might be the more interesting play from a streaming from a, the two QBs. Like again, we do the Superflex uh, Vegas League, and I think Flacco might have some real utility. But then again, you're dealing with the the Mac Joneses and and Brissettes for at least a week, and I just think there's so many of those QBs in that tier that to differentiate in the one QB league is, is very difficult and kind of like a throw your hands up and say, whatever one your personal preferences is what it ends up leaning mm-hmm. to. Is that you know fair enough statement, right, Jake? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Are we good with QBs? You want to move on to the yeah, running backs? I think we've hit enough quarterbacks. Uh, the meat and potatoes here are the running backs <laughs> and the receivers. Uh, Andre says, I'm glad my QBs don't have buys. Yes. At this point, I, I tend to agree as well too. All right, let's take a word or a break and get a word from our sponsors. Blue wire for the video audience. We'll be right back. Obviously audio audience stick around uh, discussing more of these running backs here in a second we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast ditch the busy work use indeed for scheduling screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, so we're back. It was a fruitful week from waiver wires overall. We had you know, the Van Jefferson and the Cooper Cup injuries. What happens after that? A couple of these other guys like Pacheco, Rashad White now with the Buccaneers on bye. What does that look like with Leonard Fournette, Gus Edwards, who unfortunately didn't end up playing? I actually like Pacheco's situation rest of season now. He's uh, he's up at 64% right. rostered. I just want to mention Pacheco because, you know, he had a, he looked good on the ground. You know, um, he, maybe McKinnon gets some of those pass protection downs, but Edwards Hilaire was out injured for much of that game. We don't know what's going on with him. I think uh, Pacheco is very much a viable option. Someone that I would arguably, I mean, you want it's the best offense in the league. You want a piece of it. And that's someone that I would arguably look to pick up before some of these guys, but it's getting pretty close here. Okay. So this week, a little bit different, but there is a, there is a certain tier. And I think all guys that we'll mention here have some utility. So first we'll start with Latavius Murray. Yep. Melvin Gordon fumbled once again, was waived by the Broncos. I bet you Melvin Gordon's going to get picked up and will have value on a team, I'm not quite. Positive, I bet you he's is, going to get picked up by a team, have no value for that team, but take away some value from somebody that we actually care about. It's possible. Uh, I think there's enough playoff teams that could use a veteran back that does the between the tackles carries. That uh, I'm I'm more interested in the Melvin Gordon and where he goes next than this situation. But whatever. Here now, Latavius Murray is your starting running back for the Broncos. He's been 
okay. I mean, he's been getting enough uh, fantasy points where I haven't been horribly hurting, having to start in the Dynasty League as many weeks as I have been, but it's not great. Chase Edmonds, high ankle sprain. Uh, Nathaniel Hackett has said he's going to be out multiple weeks. Mm-hmm. At this point, the Chase Edmonds thing is done and dusted. Yeah. You were right on that, Jake. Yeah, uh, exactly. And I've taken every lump possible with that call. I would have uh, I would have actually put Murray on the cut list last week, given that he was just a part of the three-headed monster in the backfield, but obviously the competition's now gone with Gordon Wave. And um, and uh, and the Chase Edmonds injury here. So now we're looking at Latavius Murray at the top of the food chain in that running back room. He gets the goal line carries. I think that's unquestioned. And you're looking at guys like Marlon Mack and Divino Zigba, uh, you know, off the practice squad here to be his compliments here. And I believe at this point, moving forward, Latavius Murray is the guy. I'm not crazy about Russell Wilson in the Broncos offense, but they'll find their way to the goal line once or twice a game. And Murray can cash those opportunities in. He looks pretty efficient in doing so. I think it's worth pointing out um, only because it's such a big main. Matthew Berry had, had tweeted out, I think, yesterday about Marlon Mack and how we, we can't be quite done with him yet. Eh. I, I'm I, I I, in deeper <laughs> leagues. I mean, he plays in so many of those. But in deeper mm-hmm. leagues, like 14 team leagues, I think Marlon Mack absolutely needs to be rostered. You know, the Stake League, for example, there's mm-hmm. somebody that needs to have Marlon Mack on their team in the event that Latavius Murray gets injured or exactly. just is incredibly disappointing. I'm not I'm not looking at Marlon Mack in 10 team leagues. I'm not even looking at him in 12 team leagues, depending on how your your roster nope. is shaping up, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I probably won't even look at him in stake league, but uh there is some it's better than a wasted roster spot, better than a second kicker, that kind of thing. So uh definitely keep in mind. So there's an interesting contrast between Murray and our next name, which is Samaje Pirine here. I would argue that Murray is the top running back pickup this week because he is the like I said, top of the food chain, goal line back on a team. Uh, and it should be that way the rest of the season, barring an injury to Murray. Samaje Pirine, on the other hand, looked great this week. Caught three touchdown mm-hmm. passes from Joe Burrow, uh, which is excellent here. You know, he's getting a lot of those targets, uh, you know, that maybe Jamar Chase would be getting or or maybe not because uh, Burrow rarely has enough time to take a seven-step drop, you know. So um, Pirine has been effective. Pirine has had some standalone value even with Mixon. But now we have Mixon in concussion protocol confirmed he has a concussion. So far, at least this season, you don't. I haven't seen very many guys get concussed in one week and make it back immediately for the next week. So uh, that's something to watch out for. So Pirine is an excellent uh, streamer this week. He wasn't efficient on the ground really at all, but um, but he becomes someone that it was probably number two on the running back pickup list, even if it's short. Excuse me, short lived. So uh, my concerns about Pirine uh, prior to this week. He had over 20 snaps just three times, and two of those were in the first three weeks of the season while Joe Mixon was uh, struggling a little bit more. I'm not convinced P. Ryan is like an asset for them in in a normal context. Mm -hmm. And Jamar Chase coming back is going to happen soon, we imagine. We see. I believe his window started. I mean, this is hard. Like, if you're talking about Kyron Williams, for example, who continues to have. Uh, at least some share in the Rams offense, no matter how bad it is. I would rather have Kyron Williams. And this is somebody that had to start Joe Mixon, took that loss with the concussion mm-hmm. here. I'm not, I'm not, and I like people. Yeah. I actually think he's a more than serviceable backup. I'm not convinced this is going to be something that really yeah. matters most weeks. Here's the other downside with P Ryan is uh, Titans are the number three defense against running backs. That's who yes. they have this week on the road. Uh, no less. Now, P. Ryan kind of can defy these stats a little bit because he's more of a pass catcher and has never really been known for being that efficient on the ground anyway. Um, so there's that. Um, and if you 
are taking him as the handcuff to mix and rest of season weeks 15 through 18. It's a uh, top 10 defenses right. against opposing backs. So it doesn't look good for the plan for the fantasy playoffs, you, you know, even if you have to use him. So while Mick, or while P Ryan still based on volume alone should be a fine play this week, I'm still prioritizing Murray over, um, you know, just because of his rest of season value. And I'm not necessarily prioritizing James Cook over P. Ryan, but Cook is the next guy I want to talk about uh, because he's very interesting. I know a lot of people dropped him. That got his ownership percentage down to 17%. You know, after acquiring Hines, pretty, we pretty much thought it was going to be over, yep. mm-hmm. over for Cook. And that is not the case. Hines is still pretty much a non-factor, maybe a little bit in the return game he's getting used. But uh, season best 11 carries. For James Cook, and also is or tied for a season best eleven carries and a season high in eighty six rushing yards against the Browns on Sunday in Detroit. Of course, now the red flag is uh, just a twenty five percent snap share, but that's a pretty significant in- increase from his season long rate of sixteen point six percent. Yeah, and um, you know he's someone that you know obviously bye week in the past, someone that could complement a guy like Singletary a little bit. I guess. Um... I'll put it this way. We're both disciples of Mario Puig. We've said that a number of occasions. Mm-hmm. Mario would say. He'd be an awesome cult leader now that I think about that. I was actually thinking about that this morning. <laughs> who, um, who at Rotoware would be good cult leaders? Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I was thinking about like how many times you've said the words disciples, disciples. of Mario Puig. This, That's a good band this name. Year. I heard, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Dude, uh, I can see them playing over at High Noon. Yeah. I'll have yeah. to talk to Mario about that. Anyway. Okay. So <laughs> I, Mario would say. This is the exact time you want James Cook to go ahead and get 11 carries against a team like the Browns, who are just not very good. And from the Bills' perspective, you have playoff aspirations. Don't risk Devin Singletary or Hines, I guess, if you value him in the offense. Like this, they're not worried about risking Hines. He's running back kicks. <laughs> I'm, well, yeah, that's true. Um, I'm just saying, like, you want these kind of lesser tier running backs to get this exact workload. And I would imagine when things get to be a bit more impactful and the bills have a lot to play for as the playoffs kind of continue to progress, mm-hmm. you're not going to see James cook out there all that much. That would, that would be my one concern overall. Mm-hmm. Although if you trade for Heinz, uh, you would have thought he'd be more valuable than just kick returns. So to your, to your credit, that is, that is something to talk yeah, about. Yeah. I mean, Heinz got one carry and cook got 11 carries and again, game flow. Because the Browns fought in this game, even though it was well out of reach. You know, that's part of the reason people, my man, Peoples Jones got a, a nice little garbage time score to pad the stats there. But yeah, no, Cook, Cook also has, like, we've seen a lot of Cook, but there's also some ceiling aspect and of the unknown aspect of can the rookie take another step and elevate his game later in the season? Is he going to break down? From usage, probably not because the usage hasn't right. necessarily been there. But uh, there's a little bit of a ceiling, uh, an undiscovered ceiling from can he take that next step. So he's an interesting pickup option if you're looking for a stash. Like, for example, I've got Isaiah Spiller sitting in my bench in one league. I think Cook is a little bit more attractive stash than Spiller. Yeah, I guess I would say a guy like Keontae Ingram for the the Cardinals, especially after they waived um uh, that the, the they waived, uh, you know, Benjamin, you know, thank Benjamin. you. I was gonna, that was uh, a surprise thing. I felt yeah. good for my Connor shares with that, but, uh, um, but yeah, yeah, I was surprised to see them just cut a guy who was productive for them. This goes back to the conversation we had last week. I'd rather have some of these backups and pivotal spots. So Ingram's one of them, but how about Matt Breida with Saquon Barkley as well too, in the giants like that. Those are ones I find a bit more valuable. You talk about who Melvin Gordon goes to. I actually mm-hmm. think Gordon would make a lot of sense to the Giants given the need yeah. that they have. With oh, Saquon yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, I guess if you're going to go that route with high-priority high, high priority backups, uh, Dontrell Hiller it's, should make that list. Yes, yeah, yeah with the Titans, Absolutely. Sure. I mean, Derrick Henry looks amazing, but, uh, you know, God forbid anything happens to him. I hope this is a wood table. I don't know if it's – It's wood and, enough. It's wood enough. Um, but, yeah, if anything happens to him, Hilliard, um, you know, will get some carries and also just be a, a pretty effective pass catcher in general. They'll – 
they'll go to him a little bit more because Henry's been getting his share of screens. So, you know, I guess that's a guy to look at too. And I mentioned, you know, for the for the long stretch dart throw, I threw Chuba Hubbard on here, man. He had one more snap than Deontay Foreman this week. Um, still only four carries compared to 12 for Foreman. Had a couple of more targets, but Hubbard uh, is somebody that was on the radar. I know Alan mentioned in one of his videos that he was basically the guy that was announced as the starter one week, you know, over Foreman before uh, the injury happened. And then Foreman took over and, you know, obviously all the stats and, and usage leads to mm-hmm. Foreman. But uh, Hubbard is somebody that, um, again, you're not scared of this Carolina offense by any means, but um, – I'm actually more willing to cut Chuba Hubbard than 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 pick him up at this point. I think yeah, Tanta exactly. Is better and and, and way, I've so. got a big list of names that are definitely on the chopping block here. I, I guess you could put Hubbard too. on there. Yeah. So obviously, uh, Chase Edmonds not going to help you the rest of the season. Khalil Herbert, sadly, you know, injured he, reserve. Yeah. Yeah, injured reserve. He could miss the minimum and then maybe come back. Unless you, if your league has an IR spot, sure. But I don't know if I'd hold on to him. I agree with you. Um, yeah, Jalen Warren is interesting. Obviously, we get all the hype, all those reports, and then and then he goes out and hurts himself. And uh, you know, we'll see what the story is on him. Uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire is getting close to this, depending Probably, on what we yeah. hear. He was in cut territory arguably beforehand just because of his usage. And now if he's injured and going to miss any time, I would I don't he's a guy that you'd almost you know you cut because you're not going to start him, obviously, and then you hope somebody else recognizes the name and picks him up. Uh, thinking that they'll be useful because then you'll block them from getting a good player that's actually going to help them. Yep. So uh, something real there. I don't love the James Robinson role with the Jets. I'm dropping Obviously, I don't love the offense there. Um, you know, James Robinson was looking great with Jacksonville, mm-hmm. despite the coming off the Achilles injury, but he only got a 22% snap share that led to seven carries, no targets. Um, so, I mean, it seems like Michael Carter is the guy there. I mean, Ty Johnson was on the field for more snaps than James Robinson. So that's a cuttable offense to me. And last but not least, I mean, you should have cut Daryl Henderson probably already. The backfield has been weird there, but as Kyron Williams gets involved and as they reintroduce Cam Akers a little bit more, Daryl Henderson had two carries on a 6.3% snap share. You put that name, John Doe, obviously he's a cut. The name is Daryl Henderson. You think about it twice. So uh, a couple, uh, some housekeeping to clean up your rosters for the picks with players who are actually going to help you with your playoff push. Yeah, I keep getting angry that Kyron Williams isn't doing much, but when you put it in the relative terms to the rest of the backfield for the Rams, it's like, yeah, okay. And Cam Akers, the 14 carry 61 yards, that's still not fantastic mm-hmm. and you would think Kyron Williams is more value as a pass catcher yeah, than anybody I'm, else in that team. I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not crazy about Kyron Williams either, but there he had 35 snap shares to compare, or 35 snaps compared to 25 for Akers. Uh, Akers got twice as many carries, 14 and 7. That could even be a pickup if someone let him go. Um, and Kyron Williams two targets and was the only running back targeted in that game which is a little surprising giving given a cup but you know maybe these second or third string quarterbacks go to the running backs a little bit Kyron Williams is 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 more rosterable obviously than someone like Henderson hey we'll get to the wide receivers in just a second a bit more depth at that waiver wire position first word from our sponsor Stathead it's obviously easy to find Derrick Henry's statistics from this year you can just do a quick Google search and visit pro football reference and see these rush for over 900 yards and nine touchdowns that raises more questions like how many other players have hit those marks through nine games or how many did at Henry's age? To answer those questions, there's StatHead. StatHead is your all-access pass to the Pro Football Reference Database. In StatHead, you can compare up to six player stats side-by-side to determine who to start and sit each week, or you can dig through advanced stats to find the perfect player to add off waivers. There's an array of simple tools that unlock an endless number of search options, all using the same easy-to-use interface that you already know from Pro Football Reference. Plus, StatHead lets you browse Pro Football Reference ad free. Sign up with the promo code ROTOWIRE for $20 off an annual su- subscription to StatHead. Okay, 
Wide receivers we mentioned last week, Christian Watson, MVS, Kadarius, Tony, that is, was the loss. Van Jefferson, uh, great. And your guy, Donovan Peoples-Jones, so I continue to ignore you and continues to hurt me that I haven't mm-hmm. picked him up yet. So this week, it's a hey. different receiver that went against the Packers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Traylon hey, Burks. I'll, I'll just backtrack to Cleveland real quick. We were both right in our analysis, me being that you should pick up and possibly start Peoples-Jones, you being Go get Amari Cooper at all costs. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Because both of these guys are looking great. I'm interesting to see, interested, very interested in how the dynamic goes when Deshaun Watson is back at the helm, because I'm sure he's got his favorite guys. I'm very interested in how the eventual return of David Ajoku affects this dynamic. Mm-hmm. He seemed pretty limited in his first game back here. So those are interesting here. Um, but obviously, I, I'm definitely looking towards Peoples Jones. His availability is probably pretty dried up. But again, so, so to go back to the first guy on our list, this is a player who is coming off IR. He's someone that I've used a roster spot on in stake league for the last six weeks. He's someone that I've used a roster spot on in a 12-team league uh, for the last six weeks, uh, even with the IR spot available there. He's only 21% rostered. That player is Traylon Burks. I do not sleep at all on his line Thursday night against the Packers. Some people might even forget about that since it's a while in the past. Of course, I wish to erase that game from my memory, but you know I can't, don't quite have the Eternal Sunshine technology quite there yet if you grab the movie reference. Anyway, Traylon Burke, 7 of 8 targets, 111 yards, no touchdowns. Against the pass defense for the Packers, Packers have a lot of problems. Nobody doubts that, but uh, the pass defense has, has generally been pretty respectable, at least statistically through the first 11 weeks of the season. Maybe it's because they get behind in games and teams just run, and they're a terrible run defense, so people go that go there, but... I'm looking more like a when your defense is bad in every level, and the Packers are, let's just do the path of least resistance, which is the rushing attack. And it has Fair. normally worked. But mm-hmm. they obviously – they so the the complicating part of this is the Packers clearly committed to not letting Derrick Henry beat them. And he didn't, right? He only had like 80 mm-hmm. rushing yards. The only issue is you let the team that has the 31st uh, overall passing yards in the Titans – Go ahead and just decimate you, Ryan Tannehill, over 300 passing yards. Traylon Burks looked like mm-hmm. vintage Randy Moss. I mean, that was an embarrassing performance. Yeah. And I'm not convinced that a awful, awful Packers defense, and they are on every level, makes you want to use Traylon Burks as the top wave wire pickup. But they clearly were identifying Burks as an advantage and used him from the get-go. So that's yeah. the biggest thing for me is that the, the mm-hmm. Titans want to have Burks, Burks involved in their offense, and they committed to that this week. Yeah, absolutely. You know, an Arkansas product, uh, 18th overall pick in the NFL draft this year, in case anybody forgot. He was used sparingly early on when he was healthy, but he seemed to pass the eye test. He gets the ball over the middle, uh, you know, 6'2", 225. He's got enough size. He's willing to go there. Um, he has the trust of Tannehill, and um, – I mean, he's getting, he's more involved than a guy like Robert Woods, who they invested so much in. So obviously the Titans are going to be a run first team heavily, heavily, heavily. But in some cases, they will have to pass the ball. And Traylon Burks seems to be the preferred target there. And um, like I said, I test uh, everything. I, I like him. I'm obviously keeping him and trying to acquire a little bit more of him because, like I said, the the draft pedigree, the talent, even the er- eye test early in the season was there enough for me to hang on to him for six weeks, waiting for him to get cleared from this injury here. And now he's back, and now I'm ready to go for it and use him. I almost like him better than the Peoples Jones guy. I'm all I'm all high on, and definitely better than any other of these uh, waiver wire options we're going to discuss here. Well, so I would much rather have Darius Slayton. Uh, the only issue is he's at 51 percent rostered, so. Mm-hmm. excuse me, he's close to the threshold that we have when we're, we're doing this show. And I actually would say I would rather 
be interested in the number two receiver for the Giants. Who I think we'll find out Thursday really kind of emerges from that group. And yeah. it's um, a hodgepodge I don't know if names. it's going to be Kenny, Kenny Galladay. Oh, I don't know if it's Galladay. Um, Mario had talked about Isaiah Hodgins on the Friday <sighs> show, and he actually looked okay, but then fumbled. Pretty critical fumble, a part of the Giants' upsetting loss to the Lions. Like, uh, there's assuming to be another person. There has to be for the mm-hmm. Giants to be able to continue yep. to be successful. Well, and let's just, just set the table. Wandale Robinson, who we liked a lot, yep. uh, is unfortunately torn his ACL, and he is out for the season. So, in a way, Slayton is the last man standing. Mm-hmm. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Barkley is second in targets the rest of the way out. Um, but yeah, Slayton, just based on volume alone, there's some trust, there's some chemistry with Daniel Jones. There's some familiarity there enough so to um you know to make him worth a pickup as well i actually think demarcus robinson would be an interesting name too only five percent rostered so widely available everywhere um rashad bateman out for the year on injured reserve right Duvernay just being not used whatsoever because uh mark uh, greg roman is just absolutely dumb mark andrews came back still had his normal workload but there has to be a second person today's nfl that gets options and it was uh, robinson this week with the nine and 128 yards exactly he's a blocker and i think that's the valuable part the same reason that we had mentioned equanimity st brown is maybe he has some value for the bears earlier why do you think alan lazard's snapshare is so high every week for the packers i mean that's a crucial role in the ravens offense so robinson will get involved and in matchups where a secondary isn't as good or maybe not paying attention to Mark Demarcus Robinson, he might have some value too. So yeah, I, I, I kind of nine like targets him. turns yes. that into 128 yards. Well, meanwhile, DeVernay had just one target, and it just again that confuses the heck out of me. There wasn't really another wide receiver in the mix here. They threw to their running backs, they threw to Andrews, of course, and a little bit to likely. But when you get more targets than Mark Andrews, that gets my attention here. And uh, yeah, Demarcus Robinson suddenly becomes very interesting. I, I mean deeper league stake league with the 14 teams, but I would consider starting Demarcus Robinson this year. Why are she for three or four? Mm-hmm. Uh, I like him over Van Jefferson, who we were talking a lot last week at this point. Uh, I, I can't really ignore Demarcus Robinson's numbers. I also can't ignore Paris Campbell, who continues to be an asset now with Matt Ryan as your starting quarterback for the Colts. Yeah, he seems to be somebody that Ryan likes. Uh, his availability is there. It's only 40%. Again, could be a Matt Ryan special, but he was uh, second on the team in snapshot among wide receivers, third in targets, caught five of his six targets for 67 yards. And that is with the Colts leading most of the game. They led through three quarters of the game, and you know Jalen Hurts led orchestrated quite the comeback there for the Eagles there. So uh, this is with the Colts probably focused on running the ball to JT, even with a with a injured offensive lineman. I did their inactives this week. They had a little bug going around the team. Um, but, uh, yeah, so a Matt Ryan special. I think, uh, well, the Colts' defense is pretty solid. I don't know if they're going to have too many positive game scripts uh, necessarily moving forward. So Campbell's in the mix as well. Uh, and then Sky Moore, obviously, with Juju Smith-Schuster, yep. possibly. He, he had the fencing thing, as Tua did as well, too, after the concussion. Mm-hmm. Not sure what Juju will look like. Cole Hartman's on injured reserve. Kadarius Tony's always hurt. MVS stinks. Like, there's there's a lot of uncertainty with that Chiefs offense. And, yes, Travis Kelsey destroys the Chargers. But what happens when the Chiefs are not playing the Chargers, like the rest of the season? Somebody else has to get involved. I thought Sky Moore looked really, really good Sunday night. Yeah, yeah. So 6% rostered. Most people that had used any draft capital on him, myself included, had have given up on him um, at this point. But uh, the other concern is is the snap share wasn't super high for him. I think it was only only around 20 snaps. but, you know, that could possibly grow given the situation here. I got the percentage right here. 38.7% of snaps. So you outsnapped Tony, but I think Tony was on his way to outsnapping him until he uh, aggravated that hamstring injury. So like I said, uh, Tony is hurt. Uh, Miko Hardman, did he go on IR? Yep. Yeah, yeah. so he's on IR with the abdominal injury. Tony's hurt again. Valdez Scantling is someone that you can't really trust at all outside of best ball. He's going to be on my chopping block in a 14 team league in stake league here actually so uh go nuts for him 
um, if you would like. Um, but yeah, yeah. So it's just a part of it is last man standing because um, there has to be an effective receiver. Sky Moore can maybe take that turn. There's some of that unknown ceiling aspect that I had mentioned with James Cook. And Juju, you know, he missed the one game with a concussion. It was a pretty bad concussion. I guess we don't know for a fact that he'll be back this week necessarily. So uh, Sky Moore gets on the radar as well. Um, you, you had mentioned this name and it, it's fair. It I was going to say the last name I want to mention. Uh, this feels like Josh Gordon. We do every single year, yeah. but Odell Beckham at 43% rostered. Yep. The people that sat through 11 weeks mm-hmm. of having Odell Beckham on the roster have probably churned it multiple times are also all losers, right? Like they're, they're, they're waste. Yep. This is the classic. You're wasting a roster about the mm-hmm. spot thing that you always tell me. Yeah. I don't, I just I'm, don't care <laughs> about I was this, on a, I know others do. I was on a group text, um, uh, with uh, with Kob, we're helping out one of our friends with our fantasy team, and um, and she needed a she needed a pickup, or and he was trying to help like with long term pickups, and he's like, "Well, is Odell Beckham out there?" And then I I like I wasn't participating in the text because I was working, and then I picked up my phone just to say, "Odell Beckham has no spot on this team. Don't do that." <laughs> like, <laughs> I love I, that you guys are like uh, collectively uh, really reinforcing this. I just yeah. so like I understand the. the Odell Beckham looked really good towards the end of that Rams Super Bowl run and was a key piece in that offense. Will he be a key piece in the Bills offense or the Cowboys mm-hmm. offense? I don't know. Yeah. Will he be healthy? I don't know. Will he have attitude issues? I don't know. I, <laughs> like there's, there's too many I don't knows to a question when at this point mm-hmm. you need to be making sure your fantasy playoff yeah. roster is set. And, and that's Here's, just yeah. too much uncertainty. Here's my analogy. Here's my comp, right? Um, you, I, I said with Melvin Gordon, he's going to go somewhere. And he is not going to be an asset on his own, but he will slightly detract from one of the established assets. That's pretty much what I see Odell Beckham. Yeah, it's possible. Maybe and one I, or two less targets for a CD Lamb. He might make it so Michael Gallup is unstartable. I think that's the best fit, right? He's probably going to go to the Cowboys if I had to guess and wager on it now. Yeah, uh, given all the tweets. And, and that's the other part that pisses me off, too, is that we the, the the teasing for a month and a half on social media just makes me want to barf. Like, I just yeah. just stop doing it. Once to make stay relevant. You could stay relevant. That's exactly play, what it is. But- Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm. Uh, I'm done with that. And and mm-hmm. wherever he signs, great. I think. Yeah. Actually, if you're rostering Odell Beckham right now, cut him. Make someone spend some fab on him and, and clear yeah, yourself for that someone. Line. Go ahead. Clear and yourself trade, for someone I that's going to actually help you. Yeah, I don't you know. You if could he'd be certainly... a good kicker in a tra- in a trade, but I guess other people they, they get excited by the name. So anyway, uh, if you do have to make some cuts, you know, we had alluded to Ben Skoranek last week, uh, given the Cooper Cup injury and somebody needing targets there. Obviously, he's still he's out on the field the entire game. Maybe that's a blocking thing too. Um, but yeah. his usage isn't really there, and it's looking like a second or third string quarterback this week. He can go back out on the wire. And like I said earlier, as much as I love Duvernay as a player, as much as I wish they'd find ways to get him the ball in open field, you can't justify it's a roster Roman. spot after a one-target game. You just can't happen. One target, one carry, that usage uh, has no spot in in even 14-team fantasy leagues. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I'm dropping him in a lot of different places. Uh, let's go ahead and bury my grave officially with the Kyle Pitts on injured reserve news. I'll be honest, and I'll say that uh, that's helpful. I, I could stop hurting myself and playing him in my lineup every week and just make another bad decision at tight end. And, and last week was the time to do so when there were so many fruitful options. The Eagles never really gave us a certain tight end to take it over somebody else with Dallas Goddard out. Uh, but there's plenty of guys to mention, at least before we do so word from our sponsors, monkey knife fight football is back on monkey knife fight with all the NFL action you've been looking for. And obviously if college football is more your speed, they got plenty of that too. I'm lucky knife fight. There's no sharks, salary caps, no math, just easy to win. Easy. I'm sorry. Easy to play. Easy to win daily fantasy player props. Join now at monkey knife fight.com and just get your first game free. Then use promo code RWNFL to get your first deposit matched instantly up to hundred dollars. So what are you waiting for? Join monkey knife fight today. What are you waiting for? Let's pick up 
some of these guys like Foster Moreau, David Njoku, Hayden Hurst, mm-hmm. McBride, who I mentioned earlier, uh, the four catches. I know yeah. 18 yards, not great. You have Marquise Brown back. Mm-hmm. There's there's I'd guys. Pro- there's I guys, would probably man. take all of those guys over the four that I wrote down this week. I wanted to put some new names here. Um, and there are some guys, but there's nobody that I really get excited about. Evan Ingram, 36%. He's back from a bye week. He'll get some targets, but his usage and production has been so wildly inconsistent, like most of the tight end, um, that he, he gets his name on there because he's coming off a bye week and maybe someone had to make a tough roster decision. The other guy I like to mention is Juwan Johnson for the Saints. Again, this is probably desperation, but he caught three of his four targets for 47 yards and a score. There is some touchdown upside with Juwan Johnson. You know, I... I I guess after Njoku, Moreau, and and Hurst, you're looking at Juwan Johnson as maybe next up. He might be a little more attractive than McBride um, because he is that he's producing, whereas McBride is more of a could produce. But he's in the mix. Another guy off a of bye week, Mike Jasicki, 34%, uh, best worst gritty in the game. Um, he's back from a bye week, and he gets the Texans this week. So. It's a hard-hitting podcast news when we can discuss the gritty of uh, Mike Jusicki. <laughs> Juwan Johnson, five touchdowns in four weeks is interesting to me. And I had, again, yep. having Kyle Pitts in a lot of places, was looking at tight end. That end of season schedule is brutal. And yep. I'm not convinced that I want to rely on somebody yeah. who is literally touched on the pen. In, in I don't believe Juwan the best Johnson. days are ahead of him, too. You know, he right. might end up with like eight touchdowns on the season and all because of that stretch. So you're buying the past production and not the future production. I understand making that move if you have to. Um, I'm, I'm picking end. up Jasicki again as somebody that's that's been hurt yeah. by Kyle Pitts. Jasicki is the one they're going after, and I'm not excited about. It, but it's the same way as yeah. having Robert Tunyon or Dawson mm-hmm. Knox. Like exactly. whatever you get, you're just hoping to mm-hmm. get at that position. And speaking of captain inconsistency, we have Taysom Hill, whose ownership has dropped to 47. percent He had a pretty decent week. He was heavily involved in the game plan, threw a few passes, ran the ball like eight times, and uh, you know even caught a couple passes. So that kind of thing alone makes him interesting if he was dropped at all. Yeah, you're right. At 40, 47% rostered. Definitely you could do considered. worse. As we just discussed, you could do worse. <laughs> yes. Uh, I think the streaming defenses is a little less obvious. Everyone was on the commanders. We called that one uh, as well, too. They literally within seconds of that game, were able to put value on with the interception return for Absolutely. a touchdown. I don't know if it's quite as easy this time. I have one that I'm picking up that's not even listed on this. So I'll let All you right. run through the three, and then I'll, I'll pitch my final defense. Yeah, I think the first name you look at is uh, it's going to be the Chiefs at 47% rostered, so maybe not super available. But uh, they're at home, and they get the Rams at home. And the Rams already, we know of all of their offensive line issues to begin with, um, and they're going to be throwing out throwing out either uh, Wofford or Bryce Perkins this week. So um, yeah. the Rams were a matchup to target even when Stafford was at the helm um, because he's getting he gets sacked, his team gets behind, and then late in the game he's throwing bad passes in an attempt to lead a comeback. Um, that's not going to get any better with backup quarterbacks. So I'm looking at the Chiefs first. I'm a little bit interested in the Dolphins, who defensively on paper, statistically not great, but they're only 26% rostered. They get a home game against the Texans. Yes. Against the Texans, maybe with Kyle Allen started. That might be worse. You might want Davis Mills to keep that job. No, I think Kyle Allen's worse. I'll take either one of those. Anyway, 26% rostered at home and coming off a bye week. So, you know, they'll be rested. Maybe they'll have a special game plan, extra time to watch film. I'm also interested in the Jets at 46%. Um, they get the Bears, and it might be Trevor Simeon, who poses no real threat at all offensively. 
So I don't um, think that's going to, I think, I think Fields is going to play and it's, it's going to be, is fine. he going to tough it up? I do. Way, that's I why do. I put the jet. That's why me and I think Jerry too put the jets down at number three. Uh, I, I'm still looking for the chiefs first, but I'm, I'm curious to hear about your pick. So chiefs and dolphins, I like more. And I guess I, I didn't see either one of those available. So it wasn't my call. Um, I'm going to preface this by saying I'm considering dropping the Patriots defense, but maybe you can talk me out of this. The Patriots, uh, they play the the Vikings this week, and I know that the Vikings only scored three against the Cowboys. I don't anticipate that happening uh, again They'll on Thanksgiving. Like it, it's they're too good of an offense to do that. So I'm considering dropping the Patriots defense for the Colts, who play Kenny Pickett and the Steelers this week. Kenny Pickett has thrown 40 or more attempts over four of the last sorry three of the last four weeks. And yet has thrown over 200 yards, just two of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, only one only, only one interception in the last three yeah. weeks. Only one touchdown over the last yeah. three weeks. Yeah, I mean, it should have been two. He had Pickens right in the breadbasket, but Pickett's been so bad. I think Pickens was Pickett. Pickett has been so bad that Pickens, I think, was surprised to have a pass so accurately <laughs> thrown to him right in his hands with separation, waltzed into the end zone. Uh, not going to happen, so sorry to all those Pickens owners out there. Stat line w- would have looked a little bit better, but uh, I do agree that the defense isn't what the problem is uh, with the Colts, and uh, they can excel in a matchup like this. Yeah, I, I just think um, pretty good at stopping the run, which is what really got going against the Bengals with Najee Harris last week, and then letting Kenny Pickett throw the ball is exactly what the Colts want to do to win. So I I am picking up the Colts in a lot of different places, especially over the commanders, um, You know things like that, that that's – that is my streaming defense this week. Although, again, like you mentioned with the Chiefs and possibly second or third string quarterback for the Rams, easy call for me. And Dolphins, too, if they're available at 26% roster. I looked at my 15 leagues. I guess only 10 are like defense. They weren't available anywhere, which is weird because it's off by. So maybe I need to just go look again. I, I might have missed it. Because uh, you would who's who's stashing the Dolphins defense? Yeah, I, I, maybe for the Texans matchup. <laughs> <laughs> they're very maybe, maybe I, they're, I, I'm maybe they're disciples like, of Joe Bartle and want to stash two defense. Yes, random. I finally got <laughs> followers of my own. Yeah, I mean I'm in some smart leagues. I don't know if I'm in that smart of leagues. So I think it's a user error on that one. I'm just not looking for the Dolphins. So that does it for us on the Tuesday edition of the Aware NFL Podcast. Again, sponsored you by No House Advantage. Jake, I guess real real quick, one question here uh, that we had overall. So. Starting start two this week. This is non PPR. Keenan Allen, Michael Pittman, T. Higgins, Amari Cooper. I only bring this up, Jake, because there are four really good receivers, and I feel like you can't. Really they just go wanted. Wrong. To, they just wanted the victory. That's lap. exactly what. This but the is, answer right? is Amari Cooper and T. Higgins. Okay. So, okay. Even even if Jamar Chase comes back this week. Um. Yes. 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 Okay. All right. So yeah, that's that's where I thought as well too. That I mean, there's four really good receivers. Um, you wouldn't trade Antonio Gibson and, and Ramondre Stevenson, right? I guess that there's no really reason. Don't, even though it's probably not going to be If you made, get Ramondre, go get him. <laughs> any running back you would trade for tra- Antonio Gibson and Ramondre Stevenson? Here, here's, a, here's a picture. I traded Antonio Gibson for Alan Lazard in one league this past week, right before the deadline. Okay. Uh, so that was, works, I, yeah. I think that's an even trade. He needed a, a running back that week. I needed a receiver that week. And, you know, we just helped each other out. But there's your, there's your trade comp level for Gibson if you're looking for someone in there. So look at obviously somewhere around the lines of where Lazard is ranked if you're dying to move him. Yeah, Riley, of course, Jamar Chase is an automatic start if he comes back. I'm not worried about that. One of the best receivers in the league. I would anticipate the Bengals. If yeah. you put him out there, there's there's no worries. I'd want to make sure he gets a, at least a week of limited practices in and then no, you no, don't no. see any reports about a snap count or anything like that. So it's but, not like a Hopkins thing where he's like a game time decision. You wouldn't start Chase? Um... I'm not worried about whatsoever. Like are, the are, they playing, are they playing late there. this week? I, I closed out all my tabs. I thought uh, they, they, they play on Sunday. So I, I mean, okay. you got so many games on Thursday. If, yeah. if the, given the Bengals and their playoff and Super Bowl aspirations, 
choose to play Chase. It's the idea that he's completely healthy, and you as a fantasy manager should do the same thing. That's that's my my recommendation. That yep. overall, uh, real quick Thanksgiving tier, it's mac and cheese, potatoes, and everything else, right, Jake? Oh boy. I only said it just for the controversy. We want to throw I that out there, man. I um, I, 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 I gotta have stuffing, man. Stuffings, yeah, I yeah. Agree. I've actually my my family wasn't real big on mac and cheese until a couple of years ago. Recently, okay. you know, it was always just kind of a, a side dish. But the mashed potatoes and the stuffing, stuffing is in there, man, because um, it is for sure. I terribly miss Capriotti's. It used to be right down the street from the office, yeah. and they used to have a Bobby sandwich that had turkey stuffing, cranberry sauce, and mayo, and it was like good shaved turkey, oh, too. Oh, that sounds amazing. And um, stuffing is a key component to uh, your leftover Thanksgiving sandwiches. It's yes. uh, It goes fantastic with gravy. So um, I definitely got to stick. Uh, I got to stick stuffing in there somewhere. I, I just am a glutton for food overall, so I'll eat all of it. My hottest take, uh, and I don't even feel like it's that hot anymore, is that Turkey, not all that good. Uh, I will go with the ham. And I love the it, – it's really been a COVID thing. And now yeah. I, I like that people have kind of pushed this more non-traditional Thanksgiving stuff. Totally fine. If you want burgers and brats for Thanksgiving, let's go for it. Mm-hmm. Barbecue, let's go for Prime it. Prime rib. Prime rib would be the best uh, substitute unless you're saving that for Christmas. Uh, steak. I mean, that, you know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm all for all that That's stuff. That's fair. Uh, I mean, yeah, turkey. turkey usually, I just down it in gravy, so it, it, <laughs> so it, it stays moist it. enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so I'm, I'm basically it's just a vessel for more gravy for me. And um, <laughs> that's that's another good band name, uh, vessel for more gravy. I'm but if sure. I am going to take some turkey, I'll try to snatch a leg and get the dark meat. I like the dark meat; it's, it's not so dry as the as the uh, white meat. Okay, I well, I, I gave this Thanksgiving rundown for a few more questions to pop, and none did. So that officially does it for us on the Tuesday edition of the Roto Info Podcast. Again, sp- sponsored by No House Advantage. For everyone listening, while they're driving to the holidays or celebrating, obviously this week, uh, stay safe and hopefully best of luck in your Thursday games. I think it's always the worst when the Thursday games stink for your fans' teams. You have to prepare, but uh, with the playoff push coming up, be aware for your trade deadlines. And then 13 and 14, we do have bye week still. So keep all that in mind. Uh, and we'll be right there with you as we continue on through the rest of the regular season from a waiver wire pra- uh, perspective. So best of luck again for everyone's lineups.